0: NOLA History Guy podcast for Saturday, July 27th, 2019. and the pot is back we had a couple of uh strange weeks some uh family stuff going on we 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 had to say goodbye to our familiar you know amber was our 18 year old ginger cat and uh we it was time to say so long and uh we'll we'll see you on the other side uh it was kind of yeah you know that's always an emotional thing whenever you have a a a pet and a friend but amber was like amber was was the family familiar she's been around or had been around for well you know we, we got her as a six seven week old kitten and so and she was over 18 when uh when we said goodbye so it's been yeah you know you just don't get in the mood to do it and i know the show must go on but hey you know that's how that that kind of stuff happens but we're back and we're going to do uh, our usual routine. We're going to talk about a uh, our pick of the week from Today in New Orleans history. And then we're going to unpack a photo. And both of these items this week happen to be more or less on the same subject. And, uh, and specifically, that is that uh, we... Uh, we're going to be talking about Basin Street and Canal and Basin, and that's going to involve, of course, Terminal Station, the uh, Southern Railway Passenger Terminal, as well as uh, one of my favorite things to talk about, which of course is Krauss Department Store. So we're going to do uh, a uh, uh, we're going to you know pick up on on Campanella's today in New Orleans history with the station. Then we'll take a break and we'll get in and we'll discuss a little bit about the store in the 50s and the impact that the station had in a couple of ways by unpacking a photo from 1955. So uh, pull up a chair, get comfortable, and uh, we'll talk a little history. Okay, let's let's talk about... Uh, Campanella's entry uh, for uh, NewOrleansPast.com today in New Orleans history for July 20th, and uh, specifically, she's referring to a photo that's on, you know, that's in the entry that's there, that is from July 20th, 1954, and it's a photo of Basin Street minus Terminal Station, and it's uh, it's incredible because it's just that area with the with the train station there had just been so full uh the 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 big giant arch of the train station uh you know like say it's you know t- terminal station had been there since 1908 it was uh, just an, in- an incredible building is a you know gorgeous building and um and of course, the, the politics of the fifties and Delisep's Story Morrison and his desire to uh, improve or have progress just about everywhere you could possibly improve and have progress is you know becomes an important uh, you know piece of this. Now uh, the the story goes long back though, and uh, and actually does in in uh, in well the the. Actually, the the location of Kraus is is part of the story. So let's go back. we uh, let's go back to uh, to 1897, 1898. Now the Storyville district uh, is is pretty much now ha- has come into its own by this time. It's starting to be recognized as this is our red light district and this is where the brothels are and that kind of thing. And there always was all you know throughout the 1880s and 1890s there were trains on Basin Street. The catch was that the depth of the station and the depth of the tracks was somewhat different initially. Uh, At that time before terminal station, the, uh, there was a smaller station, more of a, of a shelter and stop kind of combination kind of environment at Canal and Basin. And this is where the excursion trains that went out to Spanish Fort uh, came into town and terminated. So, uh, the, and, and we're talking, we're not talking electric here at this point, we're talking steam trains. So the, uh, you know, we, we, we said this before, right, you know, I mean, this is an ongoing theme. Uh, so much of, of uh, transit in New Orleans re- revolves around those corners of Canal and Basin and Canal and Rampart. But the idea was, you know, initially there was this, uh, there was the stop there, the termination for the uh, Spanish Fort steam excursion train. And the idea was that the train started there at Canal and Basin and then went down Basin, for two blocks and then turned left, turned toward the lake on Bienville Street, and then went out Bienville Street uh, out to basically out to the lakefront, following uh, you know, kinda on the this is now, you know, on the eastern side of the uh, New Basin Canal. So uh, so the area in particular, the area had been clear and was being used as a railroad-type environment. So now you've got some businessmen who who see this, and they form a company, and they call it New Orleans Terminal Company, N-O-T-C is the notation you'll see in a lot of things. And at the time, now this is, again, this is 1898, 1899, they start looking at what they can do uh, to... to uh, help or to expand out railroad service. Now, you've already got the uh, Louisville and Nashville Railroad that's coming in at the foot of canal along the river, and you've got the Illinois Central and all of the stuff over by the New Basin Canal that are coming in from the west. At this time, now, uh, this, you know, in, in the late 1890s, uh, the Southern Railroad is not quite involved yet. Uh, so you've got these you've got these businessmen that are saying, you know, if we, we we could bring passenger service to this part, to the you know to the upper part, which you know the twelve hundred block of Canal Street, 1100, 1200, that's the either side of Basin are uh, you know could be um, very easily you know uh, increase business and property values and everything else here by bringing the the railroad station to this area. Um, You you know, they kind of knew they weren't going to get a whole lot of argument from any of the establishments in the district since they're, you know, they're kind of like doing their thing and they're, uh, I don't know if you could say immune or impervious to just about anything around them because of the nature of Storyville. So, uh, the, so these gentlemen acquire the property uh, on on Basin, you know, what, you know Basin Street, and uh, expand out and plan to build a passenger station. They start negotiating with the New Orleans and Northeastern Railroad Company, and so the New Orleans Terminal Company is pitching New Orleans and Northeastern. Now, mind you, that's the. That N O N E New Orleans Northeastern is the railroad that their station was down on Press Street, Press and Royal, and that's where uh, Homer Plessy bought his ticket and started the whole Plessy versus Ferguson and Separate but Equal uh, story. So New Orleans and Northeastern is over there down in uh, down in the Bywater, and uh, and so these guys are, are pitching. This railroad. Why don't you? You know, it's time to bring your rail service to Canal Street. We've acquired this land. They hired uh, an architect who designed the. uh, He the the architect who designed uh, Union Station in uh, in uh, uh, Washington D.C. So basically, you know, we've got this this whole. Uh, thing going uh, that was uh, a gentleman's name was Daniel Burnham. Uh, he was the architect for Union Station in DC. So you know it's like I so said, let's build this this grand passenger terminal. And and they do. Uh, now where this to connect this to the other stories? Okay, you you uh, uh, it, basically you see uh, a gentleman that we've discussed before on the pod named Leon Fellman comes into the picture he buys the 12 basically buys the entire front frontage of the 1201 block of canal street so basically you know that that right there that what what becomes Crouch department store is like five or six buildings and uh uh, and um, Fellman buys all of that he kind of sits on it, just rents it for a couple of years. He buys it in 1899. and then as the plans for uh, as the plans for terminal station, Become public and people, you know, there, there, there's there's public comment and it's clear that the project is going to happen. By 1902, Fellman demolishes all the buildings in the 1201 block, and he builds the the first two story. You know, if you look at Kraus when you go by on Canal Street, you walk into the Sanger or something like that. Uh, when 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 you look at Krauss it's that two story first front piece, and then it goes to five stories after that. Well, that first two story piece is what Fellman built in uh, 1902. Now, Feldman's got his own store right down in the uh, in the eight hundred at eight hundred Canal, the old Pickwick Hotel, and uh, so he leases that property to the Krauss brothers, and the rest is the story of of the uh, of uh, the Krause Department Store, and uh, and in nineteen oh eight, so five years after Krauss is built, in nineteen oh eight, Terminal Station becomes or becomes a reality, and. Um, and that's basically that's that's the story uh, for from you know for its origins, and then what happened or the way uh, instead of the trains going out New Orleans and northeastern going out of town, um, instead of going out up Press Street and then through Gentilly and then out uh, to the. Uh, to the train bridge the the what's what's usually known as the as the, uh, the the five mile bridge out on um over lake pontchartrain in new orleans east uh the connection now became to go down basin street to st louis street in other words they went to the other side of the uh carondelet canal then turned left and then went out in uh in in a corridor uh, that basically paralleled St. Louis Street through Treme into Mid City, and that corridor is now what we know as the Lafitte Corridor, or the Lafitte Greenway. And uh, you know, basically, there was, was nothing really there, so activists, ca- uh, 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 green space and cy- green space walking and cyclist activists put together a coalition to turn that into a linear park and a bike path. And so that's the idea. So the photo that Campanella puts on her page for, for July 20th is a photo of Terminal station that that's more from the late 20s, early 30s. And the reason you can the way you can tell that is because the big sign at the top that the, the front of, of the station on Canal, says Southern Railway, and it's a big electric sign, so that probably, yeah, you know, it puts it more late 20s because electrification and advertising via electric sign was, of course, incredibly popular at the time. Uh, initially, the sign on the station said Terminal Station. And that's because, well, this was easier to say than New Orleans and Northeastern, or you certainly didn't want to put none up there, that kind of thing. Um, New Orleans and Northeastern gets acquired or merges into the Southern Railway system in 1916. And so that's where you start seeing the branding and the renaming uh, come in. the uh Campanella mentions the uh the the sig says, yeah, you know, she says in the 1940s, the station's signature train was the Southerner, which departed New Orleans daily for the east coast. Um, there were the ba- basically Southern Railway ran two trains out to uh, well, yeah, I guess you could say Southern ran two trains. You know, there was the there's the Crescent, which runs over uh, Southern Railway track as uh, Southern Railway, uh, Pennsylvania Railroad. Southern Railway, and then Louisville and Nashville track to get from New York uh, to New Orleans. So that's the Crescent. And the Crescent, uh, you know, the Crescent has its own uh, rich history and everything else, but because it was coming in on Louisville and Nashville track, the the train was coming in over the Wrigley's rather than the Southern Railway track with the the, the bridge that crossed the um the Lake Pontchartrain, so it always terminated at the L and N station down at the river, but in the in the the, the early in the late 40s in the early 50s, uh, Southern Railway decided to add additional service. To uh, from New Orleans uh, up the up basically up the East Coast, New Orleans to Atlanta through the Carolinas up to Richmond and then into DC and then New York. And that train became known as the Southerner. And the Southerner was a um, was uh, a a uh, an all uh, streamline diesel train. Uh, you know the engines were were uh, F unit diesel or yeah, actually E unit diesels, and uh, the um, and the cars were all corrugated, streamlined Bud cars. And we'll put a photo up of uh, I'll dig it up. It's the the last the last Southerner train to depart Union uh, to depart Terminal Station. And uh, you know we we put that up before, but it's such a great picture. Uh, so it's the you know the, the classic corrugated streamliner train, uh, bud cars. So they're not not strictly speaking not Pullman cars, but you know bud sleeper cars, bud uh, bud dining car and lounge, and you know uh, observation car in the back. And that would run from uh, that ran daily from New Orleans to New York, and of course uh, in the opposite direction. So that's the uh, that's the 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 trains that that ran from there. In addition. In addition to that, the uh, Gulf Mobile and Ohio Railroad ran uh, its signature passenger train, which was known as the Rebel. And you know, you would see in the, in their ads and everything, it would it was called the Rebel Route. And so, uh, uh, Gulf Mobile and Ohio also made use of Terminal Station in addition to uh, in addition to Southern. So that's the station now. The story and the reason. For the photo for July 20th is in 1954. Well, well, earlier than that, going into almost the end of World War II, the city started looking at alternatives to the various station uh, uh, passenger rail stations that were in town. You know, this is just uh, old Union Station over on on uh, on uh, Howard Avenue was just getting, you know, just you know, kind of getting along in the tooth. Um, The uh the uh, Texas and Pacific station on Annunciation, the uh, the Kansas City Southern station on South Rampart, L and N down at the at the foot of Canal, and then Terminal Station at Canal and Basin. Just all of these different, uh, these different stations were becoming uh concerned, a desire to unify everything started coming together. And that's where uh, that's where uh Deliseps Morrison uh, Mayor Morrison comes in because he starts he makes it happen in the fifties. And um, one of the things that Morrison does is implements an incredible scorched earth policy. the The railroads did not want to everything to come together in a Union Station. They liked what they were doing. They owned, they, they owned their stations. Well, you know, the, the city pretty much owned the property, but they leased the stations. They were comfortable with what they were doing. They really, they weren't all that motivated to to make changes, but Morrison wanted progress and modern and everything else. So so he makes the push to bring everything together onto Loyola and uh, tears down Union Station there, the Illinois Central Southern Pacific uh, Station, and um, it tears that down and builds the uh, the streamlined modern uh, look uh, building that we have now Union Passenger Terminal where Am- Amtrak and Greyhound come in, uh, and the the way he got the the railroads on board uh, was was like I said, it was just incredibly scorched earth. He just ordered that the other stations be demolished, and that's what you're looking at uh, in this photo on today uh, on in from NewOrleansPast.com is what. Basin Street looked like after the station was demolished, and it's it's a bit of a stunning shock, you know, and, and I still, you know, I, I don't, when you look at preservation and you look at some of the things in particular that people complain about the city, uh, Morrison has a lot to answer for in terms of destruction of older buildings and that kind of thing in the name of progress. But, well, that's what happened. That's where it goes. You can actually see the, the because this is a 1954 photo, you can see the back of the the, the tail end of the, the Krauss, the second building, the um, the, the air-conditioning, the power, and the warehouse building uh, that, was, uh, that ran from Iberville to Bienville, and you can kind of see it there. You can also see the, uh, see the spire on Our Lady of Guadalupe Church, which formerly uh, St. Anthony of Padua, the, the mortuary chapel as well. And then you can see the run down, uh, down the street where eventually the municipal auditorium uh, was built and tied uh, everything together in a grand boulevard. So, okay, so that's that's the picture. And it just shows, you know, your definition, you know, progress is a year mileage may vary thing, I guess is the way to say it. So, uh, but yes, in uh, July of 1954, the, the building came, uh, terminal station came down, the Southern Railway Terminal came down. Uh, Morrison builds the the monuments to the South American leaders because he's courting that uh, business and that connection for the city, and that's kind of where things were at the time. So um, we we'll go ahead and take a break, and we're going to kind of continue the story a little bit by unpacking a photo of uh, uh, unpacking a photo in the, uh, in the Times Picayune from 1955 of Kraus Department Store. So sit tight, we'll be right back. NOLA History Guy is sponsored this week by Elysian Fields Press, publishers of Hidden Talents by Edward Branley. New Orleans is hot, humid, spiritual, and magical. Anita De Torre is a junior executive for a, for, for a publishing company specializing in Christian books and homeschooling materials. Anita's assignment uh, is to be her company's liaison with a New Orleans-based radio preacher whose books the company publishes. A group seeking to discredit uh, Anita's client is all too excess... Uh, Let's try this again. NOLA History Guy is sponsored today by Elysian Fields Press, publishers of Hidden Talents by Edward Branley. New Orleans is hot, humid, spiritual, and magical. Anita De La Torre, is a junior executive for a publishing company specializing in Christian books and home uh, schooling materials. Anita's assignment is to be her company's liaison with a New Orleans-based radio preacher whose books the company publishes. A group seeking to discredit their client is all too successful, and Anita must take steps to stop them using any means at her disposal. And Anita's means are formidable. She is a sorceress whose psychic talents extend well beyond those of most mortals. Renard Alciator is a 34-year-old photographer who enjoys using his computer skills to mock Anita's client, the Reverend J. Hadley. As Ren begins to receive information of financial and sexual improprieties from inside J. Hadley Ministries, his life is threatened, and in the process his own talents are revealed. He is placed under the protection Of a shadowy organization known as the Assembly as he learns to use his talents to improve his photography, help others when he can, and defend his own life when challenged. What were once hidden talents emerge in the hot New Orleans summer. Only one will walk away when Duel is joined. ElysianFieldsPress.com you can buy hidden talents autographed there signed by the author Uh, You can order it from all the usual suspects online, and it's available at a number of local bookstores. Uh, Again, signed copies of of Hidden Talents you can get from ElysianFieldsPress.com. That's ElysianFieldsPress, all one word, dot com. And we're back. Let's talk a little more about Canal and Basin Streets. But this time, we're going to focus more on the uh, Krauss Department Store building because uh, there I, you know, just one of the things I, 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 when I start researching uh, something, I may be looking for a particular photo or something like that, or a news story from a particular time. And invariably the news items of the day from that time period become a thing for me and um, this was one of them where uh, I was looking in that time frame of uh, anywhere from 1950 to 1955 or so and stuff on Krauss and naturally there were you know a number of different things that come up and of course. As you're looking, you find these old 60, 70 year old ads that, that are also on uh, that, that are in the paper. And of course, the the death, if you will, of the Times picayune uh, some of this stuff kind of gets a little nearer and dearer to my heart as well. Uh, but it's an interesting story about Krauss and so there was this photo on uh, in the Sunday Times picayune uh, on Sunday, April seventeenth, 1955. And the title, the headline on the photo says, Removal of Southern Terminal Gives Unobstructed View of Store. Now, take this back a step just, just for a moment and you know, work with me here. Uh, when, when I did the Krauss book, and it, when, when the Krauss book came out in 17, and I started doing the speaking and, you know, really getting in everybody's face about the book uh, on social media and such, I remember uh, some of the comments that came back from folks who were around at the time. Uh, where the, one of the biggest comments was that when they tore down the train station, It was amazing that you could see just how big Krauss Department Store was. Now, remember, the the first part of Krauss was there before Terminal Stations, because that was built, uh, the the first two-story section was built in 1903. And you can see that very, very nicely in this 1955 photo. You've got... um, You've got the two-story section, and then it leads to the first, the 1911, you can see the, the the front of the 1911 expansion that went up to five stories. You've got the big electric sign out front, which went by the wayside over the years. And then you've also, in this photo, you've got Phil Preddy's big six-foot electric letter sign, Uh, sign, uh Phil Preddy the display manager longtime display manager uh, for Krauss department store designed these just made you know had these big six foot letters of the alphabet built and then they were uh, they were hooked up with incandescent light bulbs uh, so basically then you could and then they, uh, on on the uh, front entrance awning the, the of the you know first floor of uh, of the Krauss building he ran these the, this track that you could roll in the letters and slide in and basically say anything you want. So in the, um, the, uh, the, this photo from 1955, the big electric sign says, Learn the Cancer Facts. And so you know, a little awareness kind of thing. And 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 the 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 stuff they put up, like one uh, one photo I used in the book was uh, a promo for uh, promotion for Wrangler jeans uh, from the fifties. Then uh, you've got the this one, you know, that's more of a you know East. Well, they they always did like Easter Seals and uh, public service type things, like this cancer announcement. And and that's the kind of stuff that the that the store would approve, and then. Uh, then Preddy would get his crew to slide out all the letters and spell it back in, and, and that kind of... Just, just fantastic stuff. The, the photo itself, though, shows the entire store, and that was something that just didn't happen. If you scroll, when we... Put the show page up. You'll see the picture of. we'll, we'll, we'll put uh, we'll put up a picture of terminal station, and then you'll see the picture from Campanella's uh, uh, page describing July twentieth, nineteen fifty four, uh, and you can see finally the back, the second building, the 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 warehouse building that was uh, that uh, was built uh, that the Hymans built in nineteen fifty two. Now that building had been planned since 1940, but World War II got in the way of, of that project, and it didn't happen until 1952. So you had the two-story front was built in 1903, and then uh, then the Krauss brothers expand out the property. Uh, a a step back from there and built a five-story expansion in 1911 and then there was another one in uh, 1927 so basically uh, Leon Hyman expands out the store from Canal and Basin to Iberville and Basin or, or it was called Custom House at the time, uh, uh, in in the earlier days, and so that was and that became the store, right? It was the the uh, the first two stories, you know, the 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 entrance, the first, the ground floor, and the mezzanine, and then the expansion behind it was the store and the plan. Uh, Hyman's plan, of course, is, you know, his desire was to build a second building from Iberville back to Bienville, and he worked on through the through the twenties and thirties, worked on acquiring that square block so he could build the building. Then the war comes, and the you know uh, he's unable to you know get the materials together. You know, it's like. The war effort demanded everything from steel to uh, to rubber, et cetera. So uh, that construction basically went on hold. But after the war, in uh, starting in, in, in 50, uh, now, of course, the big thing there was uh, he had—Leon uh, uh, Hyman had sent his, his son— uh, Jimmy and uh, and his uh, and his son-in-law to go out and start studying modern technology for stores in the 40s. Well, 10 years later, and the war effort and everything else that had changed dramatically. So it took a little while to get get the plans together and modify. You know, the real estate side of it was all settled, but modify exactly what they were going to do. But what ended up what what became of that was. An additional five-story building that was, uh, and then those those two buildings were connected by a bridge that ran from the second floor to the fifth floor, and that's that you always know, see those signs uh, the 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 bridge, you know, because Maison Blanche had a bridge like this between their uh, their properties. D.H. homes, the same thing, and so you see the sign, you see the uh, the bridge for Krauss, and it was a had a big old promotional sign that said Kraus for value on it. The bridge is still there, by the way, because uh, the 1201 uh, Canal condo development spans both buildings, and they didn't tear the bridge down because it's a good way to kind of get back and forth from one to the other. Uh, In this photo, though, though, let's unpack the photo a little bit. So this is from April of 1955. Uh, The big thing that's missing, of course, is Terminal Station. You can see the warehouses on uh, on the basin on the the riverside of Basin Street going back can't see the church from this angle uh, I got a oh I got a I got a flag uh, Mike staborsky be and the uh, the legacy street furniture folks on Facebook because there's an the old Canal Street street signs are obviously there uh, you can see the, the well the Union Sheet metal uh, de ly light poles from the ni- from 1930 uh, 50s cars you know uh, going back and forth on Canal Street no streetcar shot on this particular one this the the photographer. well streetcar would have blocked the view so there's that there's an old looks gm bus on the side of the kraus building there at uh canal and basin because there were a number of bus lines that terminated there uh basically after the desire street bus uh in particular, you know the Desire Street streetcar ran on Bourbon and Royal Street for years, but when it was converted to buses, a lot of the buses were moved out of the French Quarter. You know, it, it was it would be years before the tour buses it would be decades before the tour buses were restricted. But uh, but Nopsy, just wanted you know the wider street and just safety was better to be outside of the quarter. So you know the St Bernard bus and the Desire bus and uh, several other back of town lines would come uh, would come up Basin Street and then terminate right there by uh, by Krause uh, Department Store. So you can see an old looks bus. You know it's it's black and white photo, but you can see the the dark maroon and then the 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 the, the white top. If you look back, you can uh, toward the back, you see. Uh, you see the municipal auditorium. And then, uh, then. but the big thing about the photo is that you see all of Krauss. Now, when the station was there, all you really saw was the front, the two-story section. And then maybe, depending on your angle as you walked up to it, say, if you were walking up Canal, uh, say you're walking up Canal from, from Maison Blanche, which is going to be the 900 block. So you go the 900 block, the 1,000 block, the 1,100 block you're still, the, the, your view is obstructed by, this, by that massive train station. You get to the train station, and now you can kind of look down the side on Basin and go from there. So that's the idea. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a neat view. It's a fun thing to look at. Uh, and that's, that's, well, that's our unpack for today. Uh, one of the reasons all this came together, by the way, just to, to, to make an addition to the, 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 the story here, was i had i I found this uh this photo a while back and I put it in my to look at research kind of folder on the computer, so i'm looking at stuff this morning I said, This sounds good, yeah let's unpack this today for the pod and then I come back out a few minutes later, get another cup of coffee at the p j s and I see that uh that um Campanella had done the thing this week on Terminal Station. And then there's one more piece to this, and I'll put the link on the show page, and I want to uh, just give a little shout-out to, uh, to Todd Price, formerly of the uh, Times-Picayune and NOLA.com and now working for, uh, for Gannett Newspapers as their uh, uh, southern food writer and reporter. And uh, Todd has his own personal... Uh, Facebook page now called Food Crew, and that's K R E W E, like we say it or we spell it here in New Orleans. Um, and so, Food Crew, Todd had a find of a photo from a saloon that was right next to the, uh, that basically was right next to the uh, to to uh, terminal station, or in the general vicinity, I should say, of terminal station. So that also got me going because. It's interesting to see stuff in and around Basin Street that, frankly, isn't directly related to Storyville. Well, it's related to Storyville in the sense that it, it's in Storyville, but it's not its not exactly Storyville, I guess, is the way to say that. And um, so I'm going to read the, the little description uh, uh, about this. He says, the men look like conductors. The handwritten note on the photo says Terminal Cafe and in smudged letters may eleventh, nineteen eleven. The address written uh, in the margin puts the bar between basin and crozat streets on the edge of Storyville near the Kraus building. Two S's in Krauss, Todd, but that's okay, I'll send you the book if you don't have it. <laughs> Searching the archives I could find nothing. And um and of course the uh the uh you know, and he and he credits uh, Richard Campanella from Tulane and uh, James Karst, who's been digging into all of this stuff because of his research on uh, on on pops. And but it's a great photo because there's this you know just these. These guys—they look like railroad conductors, or they look something. They, they, they look like businessmen. They look like railroad conductors, and then there's this really elegant-looking man, uh, gentleman in the uh, in the front that looks like he's a uh, uh, in, uh, and uh, non-commissioned officer in the United States Marine Corps. And it's just, it's a black and white photo, but it's great, right? And it's, and of course, it's right there in the neighborhood. But as opposed to being tied directly to the music and tied directly to the brothels, here it's more tied to the railroad. And that's a fun thing, you know. So, and that would have been, uh, well, 1911, again, that would have been New Orleans and Northeastern before they became part of the Southern Railway. So yeah, that, it's, it's it's. But to, to back to the photo in the fifties, uh, that's kind of the, the idea here is you know we're looking at this uh, this this just kind of bittersweet situation where you've got a little more open space and morrison converts it he builds the boulevard monument and all the other monuments there on basin street and it just becomes a little more open they uh turn basin into more of a grand boulevard kind of situation the um the you know the canal of course is long gone that's you know the corridor for with that that was the corridor for the railway for for the railroad but now that's gone because the trains are redirected to come in over at Union Passenger Terminal so it generally just makes for a little more open space and now people are just like looking at the Krauss building going whoa you know it's like you can you, know, you Everybody knew, you know, Krauss just had long had the reputation of being that really cool store that, uh, you know, well, I shouldn't say really cool store, but uh, a good old-fashioned traditional store that had everything you needed when you were doing it and that kind of thing. So that's our, that's our unpack then, is, the you know, from uh, this 1955 photo to the 1954 story of demolishing the station. And we'll put this picture that, that Todd found. And by the way, yeah, by all means, go like Go like Todd's food crew page. We'll put the link up on the show page. Go like his page and most importantly, sign up for his newsletter because this is kind of like you know how you, you have like the 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 popular DJs and that kind of thing. And when the internet came about, they would make they made their own home pages. So that if they went from one station to another or one syndication to another, you'd still know where to find them. And that's the that's important with good writers as well so you know now that you know now that Todd is 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 no longer well you know really the Picayune's no longer in that sense you know you want to keep up with with the the, the folks that are, are doing good writing and that's that's just important and that's our show for this week we hope you enjoyed all this uh talk of Canal Street and Basin Street and the area there in the you know, 11-1200 block of Canal. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's it's obviously stuff that's near and dear to my heart. So uh, if you have any questions or comments, of course, uh, feel free to to add them to the show page. Uh, feel free, you know, to to go ahead and comment there. We're, we're obviously you know as usual. We'll post all post this to. Uh, Ain't There No More New Orleans, and we'll post it to the NOLA History Guy page. But be sure also to check out, if you haven't already, look on Facebook. We'll put the link uh, on the page as well for a uh, for a page on Facebook. Uh, it's actually not page, but a group on Facebook, I should say, that's called New Orleans Uncovered. And this is a relatively new project for for, uh, for us, for, for me as NOLA History Guy. Um, you know, Facebook, their metrics and their push and everything has been to move away from the pages to groups and as i said well i thought about making a a nola history guy group but then there's an umbrella of groups that are history related uh bunch of folks from across the country and they're called the uncovered groups and there's vintage america uncovered and women's history uncovered and human history uncovered among those so i pitched the folks that that uh that uh that moderate and administer those groups. And I said, how about we make New Orleans Uncovered? And they thought it was a good idea. And so it, it has become uh, part of the deal. And I consider New Orleans Uncovered to be the NOLA history guide group, as it were. But it's a group. So other people post stuff. And we talk. And we have a good time and exchange things. So, um, so yeah, that'll be up there. And we'll make sure that you know we'll obviously put the pod up there on that group as well so uh you guys go out uh have a good week this week and we'll catch you next time on nola history guy podcast